You're listening to The Love Yegg Show. If our city could talk, these are the stories it would tell about the people, places, and passion in Edmonton. We interview difference makers in our community. Please welcome your hosts, Sherry Beauchamp and Jesse McCracken. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Love Yag Show. My name is Sherry Beauchamp. And I'm Jesse McCracken. (laughs) There she is. There she is. My host, co host, Jesse McCracken. Uh, It's just you and I today. Yes, yes. Sorry you were lagging. So I thought you were giving me the introduction to introduce myself. (laughs) (laughs) That works. That works. Well, uh, that could be something new. <laughs> I like how uh Brendan and what was his um Grayson. Grayson, Grayson. Yeah. Um how they were like not co-hosts, we're both the hosts. Oh yeah, they did they were yeah. very, very adamant about who could control everything. It was kind yeah. of kind of funny. <laughs> so funny. No, you you could take that role. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. <laughs> so yeah, we've been I I mean we've done so many of these now, you know, when you think, what did, what did we come 38? This is number 38 in a year. 38. Yeah. We were just kind of going through the episodes. And if I think back to when we first, I think it was in December and I was like, Hey, Jesse, I'm kind of thinking of doing this. What do you think? And you were like, let's do it. Mm -hmm. And that's the one thing that I love about this is like, I feel like my ideas are super crazy or like not really doable. And then I share them with you and you're like, totally doable. Let's do it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of, that's been really fun. So thank you for that. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for always including me in your awesome ideas. Like I said, I think sometimes that we um, can get caught up in just the stuff that we're doing every day, you know, you with your marketing and, and consulting business and me in real estate, that sometimes we don't take time for other things. And sometimes it is hard to schedule these into our, you know, busy days, but I always feel so good about the conversations we've had afterwards. And I've learned so much about these people that are giving so much to our city, you know, mm-hmm. so I feel very blessed to be able to have these conversations because I, I mean, I think that even, you know, through through COVID, because we're going to be talking about that, um, there is like some disconnect and you miss hanging out with people and having mm-hmm. conversations. And these are just great conversations that we get to have. So I'm, I feel really lucky to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's been even the conversations after, like sometimes we stop the record button right and (laughs) and the conversation keeps going it's just like there's so many great people and the stories and the connections and then you start talking about this and it's connected to that and like Mm -hmm. it makes me um very very grateful to to live in the city and be a part of you know everything that these guys are doing like Mm -hmm. if you think back like if I first thought to December and what yeah, let's start a podcast, right? I didn't really know what the heck we were getting into. Yeah. To be honest, right? And then and then we started like scheduling the interviews. And then in the beginning, I felt like I was kind of focused more on the technical piece and not really figuring out like wasn't fully present in the some of the conversations at points, right? And so that was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I think as we've gone through them, obviously now it's become more like, yeah, let's go like whatever. And so I feel like the conversations have 
just been getting better and better and better every time. And yeah, well, I think that we're we're having so many Zoom meetings now so that we just naturally, everybody's just gotten a little bit more comfortable. But I would agree that as soon as the record turns off, it seems like everybody lets go their guard a little bit and then you get to know them like that much more, you know? Like mm-hmm. there's some conversations that um, happened afterwards that were, I'm like, oh, I really wish we could have had that on recording, but then you know that they were being more vulnerable because it wasn't being recorded. So then you really got to know that person, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that part has been has been pretty special. And a lot of these people that we have interviewed, they give so much of themselves to the cause and to our city. And so um, I feel like that conversation after record is like where they're like a little bit more honest of like what they're going through because they don't want to talk mm-hmm. about themselves. They want to they want to talk about the the charity or, you know, whatever else. And so it's not until the camera turns off or the recording turns off that they actually give, give us a little bit more into themselves, which I think is, um, it's, it's great that they feel comfortable enough. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think they're always just used to talking about saying the, you know, they have their scripted sort of version of what they're supposed to be answering the questions for. So I've enjoyed that kind of getting past some of that and getting into like them as like a person, right? Because sometimes they've never been asked that question before. They've never really had somebody say, oh, hey, like what's your legacy or, you know, like that kind of thing. So I found that really super interesting um, because a lot of them, it it feels like to me that a lot of the people that are in these roles, like executive directors of charities, that's mm-hmm. just their personality to, to give and give and give and give. And they're not used to getting the attention, right? Which yeah. I think is the point of why we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and just say thank you for them to them too, for giving so much of themselves, right? And, and not expecting anything in return or anything like that. But um, like you said, you could almost feel that some of them get a little bit uncomfortable talking about themselves. They'd rather talk about the charity, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's kind of just the personality of that role, I think, is like the natural, yeah, really. Um, that's just their personality. So, yeah. like, if I'm looking back through these episodes, Marjorie Benz at the food bank, mm-hmm. that was just a, a whole little, for sure, <laughs> a legend, right? To kick off our recordings, and that was <laughs> our first one. And mm-hmm. I remember sitting there in her office, and she's just like, she is literally like a seasoned vet. Like, she's just like, yeah, bring on the questions, you know? And there's like vans backing up in the background. We're like underneath the warehouse. Like we're just in the middle of it. And this is just awkward for her. I thought that was like, well, what I noticed, even just from us, like going from the lobby, going up, like the amount of communication that she was having with everybody on the way up as we were leaving, like, you know, you could just tell that she's just really well respected. And I mean, it's, it's just amazing what they do there. We've volunteered there, you know, a couple of times and um, the food bank is, uh, it's just a machine. You know, we've said Mm -hmm. that it's just a really well-oiled machine Um, and they're in a lot of need right now. So, um, and they always are right. But right now it's definitely increased and um, but yeah, they do an amazing job. Just they're so organized and Mm -hmm. they make it really easy to volunteer there too. Mm Mm-hmm. One of the conversations we had with Mary Jane James, I, you know, she came to one of our live events mm-hmm. and they won and then she gave back to everyone mm-hmm. else. So I was just like, man, that type of leadership is just 
it's yeah. so unique and you don't, you, you know, a lot of these charities are by the bootstraps, right? They're trying to make things work. Um, they're trying to figure it out and for them to turn around and say, Hey, you know what, we're all in this together and we're going to share this. We share the same clientele, like yeah. I feel right about taking in. I was just blown away. And then we got to go see their office too, yeah. which was another incredible thing. Yeah. Well, she was the first person that made me realize how connected all of these charities are, you know, by her giving that gift, but then also through our conversation is a lot of the people that are, you know, um, that, that they're given therapy through SACE are actually, maybe they've left a violent households and now they're at the food bank as well. Like, it, you know, they, they all are really collectively helping um, the same demographic in a lot of, a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, her, their office, um, like she said, it's it, she, a little understated, which is what you need, but it was beautiful. Like it hugged you when you came mm-hmm. in, it, it was like a really warm space. Not clinical, super welcoming and yeah. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. Yeah, <clears throat> that was a great conversation. I, I mean, we could have talked with her like all day, every day, right? Like we mm-hmm. were, I think we ended up being late for our next appointment just because the conversation was so easy. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Um, we, like, are- we interviewed just some people that we know that are kind of in our circle as well. So Erin um, is a social worker that I grew up with and she's actually left, um, she has a new job now, a new position. She's still, you know, helping kids, but she's moved to a different position. But, you know, that is one thing, like the social workers in our city, in every city, everywhere, I'm just, I think that they are so superhuman to be able to give so much of themselves um, and just for the betterment of these, you know, kids, youth, you know, seniors, you know, whatever the case is, whoever they're, they're focused on, they just give so much of themselves. And, and um, yeah, I just can't imagine doing that work, you know, and, and not taking it home with me. It feels like one of those professions that is just always undervalued right they're always but the role that they play like their boots on the ground so the stuff they see and the stuff that they hear yeah is just so intense right and it's coming from the mouths of kids yeah right so it's like man that would be a tough job it'd be so tough I like I said I can't even imagine at one point I, I growing up I thought I wanted to be a social worker because um, you know, I'd love to help people too, but I was just was like, I'm not cut out for that job. I, mm-hmm. I know that a hundred percent. I just do not have the, um, the strength, <laughs> you know, the internal strength, I think. Mm-hmm. To to, and separate is the wrong word because I don't think that they're ever entirely able to separate themselves from their job. I think that's something they do 24 hours a day, seven totally. days. Yeah. Yeah. So we launched the podcast, um, it was basically like a love letter to the city, right? Love, the love yeg show about the people, places and things. And that happened on February 14th. So when we first started recording these episodes, we're like, oh yeah, like we'll just bulk record a bunch and we'll just release them and we'll have some in the tank and we'll be able to like, you know, kind of pivot and and we were doing them in person. So we were actually... Mm-hmm. either people were coming to like your home office or they were, we were going to their in office. Right. And it, it was, it was incredible to be able to see the environments and get to be there in person and, and then COVID. 
Yeah, changed everything. A lot of these ones that we actually had banked, it just wasn't really appropriate to even release them at that point because it just didn't seem, um, not that it wasn't as important, but there was just so much other stuff going on that you know people needed to be mindful of. And I think there's just, we wanted to throw some positivity in there as opposed to like the, you know, some sadness that's happening, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, I do miss the in-person ones to some degree. I think we've gotten really used to Zoom and that's fine. Um, I would say like uh, the technical part, the Zoom makes it much easier too, totally. right? Totally, All that kind of stuff. But I do miss being in, in person and in their space and seeing, you know, the whole, again, like machine behind it, like Meals on Wheels. That was, um, I've driven past that building for years and years and years and years. And I never knew what it was like inside. And like, they've got a pretty great system going on in there. Their kitchen is amazing. I don't know how many people were working in there when we went, but probably at least 10, 15 people in that kitchen. Oh yeah. And um, the drivers were showing up like, yeah, it was. um, And that was at the very beginning of COVID. Like things had just, just started when we had gone there. And so they had started some new precautions. Um, Yeah. But that building, like I said, it's, it's one that I've walked by, driven by, and now I know what it looks like inside and what's happening in there. You know, I lived two blocks away from that building. Mm-hmm. for like a couple of years with my cousin Sarah going through yeah. university and I was like I've never been inside never really had like not that I didn't have an interest I just wasn't in the space in my life to you know look you know, more I, into it I actually didn't know what Meals on Wheels was until we went there like I didn't real, I, I kind of knew but I didn't know that it was um like more of a charity I kind of thought it was yeah I, I didn't know so now I now I now I do mm-hmm. <laughs> And like she said, it's more about the connection of dropping off the food. It's not just the food. It's the nourishment for their, their mind and their hearts and their, you know, and, and also for the, for the food. But um, yeah, they cook some amazing meals to keep um, seniors mainly is their demographic. Yeah. The, and the food is just like to get them in the door. Yeah. To have the conversations. To, to Check kinda, it. Yeah, totally. And man, like what, what more important time than now, right? Like mm-hmm. all of these charities and, and that's the one thing in the conversations that, you know, throughout the year that I kind of noticed is like some of these charities pivoted like, and had to pivot hard mm-hmm. and to survive, to even just like get through, because even before we would have charities that would come present to us and they would literally stand up and say, we don't have we don't know where the funds are going to come for for the next month or two right like we're basically just figuring out as we go and so you think about those charities and then something like COVID happens and how they have to like figure it out it's crazy well drive happy we haven't done a podcast with them but we did they were at one of our events Um, she's actually probably somebody that we should connect with she said something um, at the event that said like this, I, I remember what they got like $2,000 that it was going to get them like three more months in business. Like that's that to me, that was insane that that, um, it's in $2,000 is a lot of money, but that that's going to help this charity run for three more months. You know, that is significant. And, um, 
and and what she said was that there was a senior man that was missing his dialysis appointments because he didn't have a way to get to his appointment. He didn't have the money to get on the bus or whatever. And like, so he was missing appointments and it was just like, gosh, nobody should be missing those appointments, you know, and because they can't get there. So that one, um, yeah, that, that was one charity that I, uh, I don't know what it was about that day, but it really, really affected me. Mm-hmm. And that, it was kind of ironic because we're in Lexus, Lexus, yeah. Edmonton, yeah. right? And so, yeah, that, that was kind of a really, and man, they're awesome too, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I just, the legacy egg stuff and the love egg stuff, you, I'm just learning so much more about our city that's, it's already happening, but nobody's, there's no platform of people talking about it. So that's what I, I love that we get to bring that. Mm-hmm bring that to the city and to the conversation, right? Yeah. We've had some interesting, interesting, I'm not going to call them characters because that's not the right word, but interesting people, very unique people come and chat, right? Like Mm -hmm. you think about, uh, well, my son, Brendan, for one, he's a super interesting kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. to see what he's done, um, watching us go through this is, is pretty crazy. Yeah. No, uh, our little interview with, um, him and Grayson the other day, I loved it. I thought they were, uh, I could just see them just like taking over in like a year. <laughs> <laughs> totally. They're just ready to take over the world. They're just such like caring kids. And the fact that they're so thoughtful and think about other people. And that's what I, I love so much about this is that it is getting a younger generation involved. So if they're starting doing this so much younger than we were when we started, like they're just gonna have so much of a greater impact, you know? And I think that that is so special. And, and I do believe that people in Edmonton want to give back. They care about their neighbors. Like I I feel that that's what I love about this city is that there is that real care factor of what's happening next door. And, you know, and um, so I feel lucky to be in Edmonton. Um, I feel lucky to, you know, have great neighbors and, um, I also feel really lucky that, that people care enough to, to want to give back to other people, you know, and, and that the kids care so much and that they've, they're getting really creative with how they're giving back and, and projects that they can do to earn money to give, give back. Like, it's just, yeah, I think it's just opened all of us up to what the possibilities are that a little bit of extra work can go a long way for somebody, you know, mm-hmm. and just having anybody, I say this all the time, but it's so important for somebody just to be seen, you know, mm-hmm. and and I think that this gives us the opportunity for to see more people and for them to feel seen. I loved the um, the corn maze. I felt like that was like obviously that was one of the ways that that was our only event this year. I know our I know. only in person event, right? COVID happened. We had our second year anniversary would have been like in May um for legacy and usually that would be a big celebration and we were like well, I don't know what's going you know so the corn maze was outside it was um COVID friendly all that good stuff but I felt like it was super special in that we hadn't been able to do anything yeah right? as a like first as a community but even just as our kids and yeah. like the junior kids where hockey was canceled this was canceled that was canceled and it was like it felt like the first time in like a really long time where you could just go and just enjoy 
Yeah. Yeah. It was like a little escape from, and obviously we were all responsible and all that stuff, but like, it was just an, a night to just let everybody just like breathe for a minute. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think after feeling so confined and not being able to go out and, and do events and be around, you know, your friends that I just, yeah, it, it was just nice to see everybody that you hadn't seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things I was thinking of is, you know, kind of the big events <clears throat> through the year. One of the other ones was like the Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. movement, mm-hmm. right? That was a, that was obviously huge and one of the things that I'm really proud that we've done is like not all the conversations we have are easy but we have them anyways right like so even if sometimes we don't know what to say or we don't know if the question whatever the thing is we're there we're showing up we're like trying to give a voice to our city which includes Mm -hmm. everybody right and so Mm -hmm. I think that was a really um a really super powerful conversation we had with Andrew that's yeah yeah and Andrew is he's just such a stand-up guy you know what I mean and so like being able to have that conversation with him and not be um you know afraid that we're gonna say something wrong you know I feel like he he's just so open that Mm -hmm. it was a real honest conversation and yeah I I mean that was like I said they're just such a special family him and Sarah and their little Len Carter and and he's just such a great role model and like I said it was just really nice to have a conversation with somebody where you you're not afraid that you're gonna say something you know wrong um because you don't know because we we aren't living his life you know Mm -hmm. I felt that he was really really open um and honest too about some of the things that he's gone through as a kid and some of the things that he heard and and, you know, he's always focused on bullying and that kind of stuff. Like he goes into schools and has those conversations. So I think he's just really well-spoken and has a lot to say and experience when it comes to that topic. Um, so, so yeah, that was a great conversation. And we also spoke to... Um, uh, Jenna. Yes, sorry, Jen. I was... Jenna and about her family, yeah. Yeah, and just what they've gone through as a family. And I mean they're a great representation of like a Canadian family, you know what I mean? And it's Mm -hmm. like, and that's what I, again, that I love about Edmonton and and where we are is that people are so different, but we do for the most part embrace each other. And I feel very like when you think about what was going on in the States, it was so much like worse there than it is here um, when it comes to Black Lives Matter. And one conversation that we haven't talked much about, um, and we've said this is Indigenous Lives Matter, you know, and Mm -hmm. I do think that that's something that we will want to highlight kind of early in our next year of podcast, because I feel that that's more the injustice that's been happening in Canada, right? Maybe not more, so I don't want to use the wrong words, but um, that's what we know more of, right? That's, yeah, I mean, just we're from Northern Alberta, right? And so we live we'd live close to reserves there was bands all around us and so that's what I recognize more right obviously in the city um or anywhere in Canada really there's there's always the racial misrepresentation and the the racial issues that are going on that are you know you think it's 2020 but then it creeps in here and there wherever right and so I think even just having some of these conversations with these people with lived experience yeah. is 
has really changed the way that I talk to my kids about it, the way that I look at things, the, you know, giving people just a little um, empathy and kindness. You know, that's kind of what we're all about is like, just treat people the way that you want to be treated, right? We're all humans. We're all, the rest of the stuff doesn't matter, right? It's so interesting because I do feel that because I've, you know, never been somebody and you're not somebody, we don't hang around people that are like, you know, racist, that I actually have in conversations, I didn't realize that people actually say some of these things. I'm like, really? Because Mm -hmm. like, you kind of imagine that coming out of your heart, you know what I mean? Or your mouth or so that I think that's like learning more about it has been, um, yeah. And just like what they're actually going through and dealing with, because, because I don't hang around people that speak that way. And I don't speak that way. I didn't realize how bad it was. And so that's like living in this like little bubble of, you know what I mean? So like I said, there is more for us to learn and there's more conversations to be had around that topic. Mm-hmm. I really believe that Because I think somebody that, you know, sometimes maybe they don't even know when they're saying something that's inappropriate, right? Because they are, yeah. But I, again it's like such a touchy subject (laughs) so you're always like you don't want to be cautious of you want to be able to speak freely freely um but know that like I want you to correct me if I'm saying something that's not right you know Mm -hmm. what I mean Mm -hmm. I don't know and it's not coming from a bad place Mm -hmm. yeah and I feel like Andrew gave us that space which was nice Mm -hmm. and Jenna I I was just bawling with Jenna telling the story about in the parking lot with my sons and my yeah he wanted to go to the ledge grounds and I was like you know whatever so yeah you have to listen to the podcast to know the story so yeah 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 there um like I said she's uh she's a strong woman for sure and just mm-hmm. standing up for you know her kids and what's right and I, I love that the fact that she's just um unapologetic right totally yeah. totally yeah the way it should be right of course, of course. And then, gosh, I think we spoke with Juliana as soon as COVID kind of hit on like how we all can deal with this. And I think that was, that conversation was so needed at that time too. Because mm-hmm. we were like, what <laughs> just happened? Totally. Yeah. Everything in our world got flipped upside down. And then there was all of these emotions that came around along with that, you know, mostly sent around fear because it's something we had never lived through before. So Mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. does this mean like I can't hug my mom you know or yeah. like see people yeah. I love or what do you mean we can't like go to hockey mm-hmm. it was just a weird weird um transition and it was so sudden and felt like such an abrupt interruption to what we knew and mm-hmm. the way we lived that yeah speaking with her was so so healing for me yeah, personally, I actually just a that perspective one. yeah well her hugs her virtual hugs totally one, like, I've like I did that like well, I still do that I'm like let's hug like I love the virtual hug <laughs> totally, totally. You actually give yourself that squeeze because I feel like that is something that so many people are missing you know the other day I went um this is a little off topic but I had to go get a COVID test and um again, it goes back down to that senior demographic. There was a lady in line. She was, you know, probably in her mid eighties and it just, I couldn't even look at her because I had a well of emotions. My eyes just started tearing up because I feel like lately I've been, I've been crying a lot and not crying, but my, but just feeling like so much empathy in my heart for some people that are just feeling like isolated and 
um, it's just, it's so hard to know what you can do to, to kind of ease that. Um, I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for. It's just loneliness, really, you know, mm-hmm. when you think about that, like where it's like, we're afraid to, I, I'm afraid to go talk to my, hang out with my dad right now because he's had a lung trance, but I know he's lonely. Like I could tell from the, our conversations, you know, that they're, they're just not as upbeat as they were. And, you know, he really can't go anywhere. And so I'm always thinking about people that are alone right now. And, um, and I get super emotional when I think about it. And so hopefully like, you know, having some podcasts or just having learning these conversations, having different conversations with people is able to make people feel a little bit more connected, you know, and reminding you that like, okay, we can't hug in person, but this virtual hug, you know, mm-hmm. you're talking to them, you're looking at the eye, you're hugging yourself that you really can feel them, you know, and, and them wanting to give you that hug back. So I think it's just like finding different ways to connect with people mm-hmm. um, is what we've had to do. And we've, uh, you know, we're not perfect at it at all times, but um, it's just something that we need to continue trying to find those ways to connect with people that are feeling a little bit more isolated. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought that was a great conversation with her. Um, some good tips and yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember us trying to find a parking spot to go um, and see Jennifer Martin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're like going down the one way like whatever and this is like early days still and we're like trying to figure out where we are we have to be here at this time and like running around and (laughs) yeah we were late for sure it was a it was like the first cold day too wasn't it totally or raining or something yeah yeah it was uh and that conversation was so interesting to me because I didn't, I didn't realize the history with her husband and the city and all, and that's my bad. Um, yeah. you know, and, and the stuff that she talked about with junior achievement, I thought it was just, I, that, that conversation was super memorable for me. Me too. Well, I think we went in speaking about junior achievement, but then we realized like how much more she does for the city outside of just junior achievement, you know, and mm-hmm. like the connection with her, um, yeah, with her, with what happened to her husband and how she really focuses on just the mental health of, of responders, you know, first responders. And Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, like how are doctors and nurses and first responders doing now, you know, we're all struggling. Can you imagine what they're going through? And it's just, it's just shedding a light on these different people and that, so we could not think so much about ourselves and we could realize that everybody's going through stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, like she's, beautiful well put together woman and you wouldn't know that she went through this tragedy you know um she's very well spoken and so much energy like um but you know she uh, probably a lot of work to get there after what had happened well the the part that was so inspiring for me is to see I mean I've had huge loss we've all had loss in our life right but she turned that into something she turned her grief into something that her husband would be proud of right yeah so I I thought that was just like wow that that's really hard to do um but I thought that was a that was a huge takeaway from from sitting down with her I think yeah and And then we've got the the guys at the provincial that are always just stand up and there for us anytime ask as far as being a venue or 
you know, making hamburgers for kids. Like they've just like, that's what's in their heart too, is giving back and being a part of the community. And you think about, you know, which businesses have taken a huge hit through COVID and certainly the restaurant industry has, um, you know, totally changed for them big time now no more dining in or very little dining in so mm-hmm. always you know been there anytime we've asked for anything which is just awesome I can't wait to go back there and have like a huge event you know or, or have them do something like cater when events oh, are oh I, I want them to cater my Christmas party this <laughs> a Christmas party mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, it's hard, right? You put yeah. you plan things and then it's it's really hard to plan for anything right now. And so you just yeah. have to be able to go with the flow. And some people are really good at that. And some people just, you know, quite struggle with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where else, you know, when we went to the Compassion House, now that's an amazing space as well. That place totally. just really feels like it hugs you. And Brendan went and did, uh, he played the violin there. Or he sorry, did. the fiddler. Fiddle. Fiddler. Well, fiddle, if you ask him, yeah, it's definitely the fiddle. But he, yeah, he went and played some Christmas tunes for them right before Christmas. Amazing. Yeah, he, um, he's been tuning up his Christmas concerts this year again. It's getting to be that time. So um, I think it'd be fun to kind of pop into some of these places and, or even through the window or whatever it is, right? So, yeah. Another one of the episodes that or the, you know, the people doing incredible things in our city, Tim Adams, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. free footy. Yeah. And I think it, I see them, all their programs and everything that they've done in spite and mm-hmm. because of yeah. COVID and the, re, you know, how they had to pivot everything that, that man is like, I know, you know, that conversation with him, like we've seen him a couple times and he's so high energy and he seemed tired on that one, which was just so sad. Like where, you know, where he was just like, he, you could just tell that he was just working through so much stuff because mm-hmm. there were mm-hmm. so many changes and there's so many precautions and there's kids and, and volunteers. And so just managing all of that, I can't imagine like how, well, the, the amount of people that he works with, right? So the responsibility um, that oh, totally. he was taking on personally. Yeah. And I felt, I felt that in that interview. And I was like, cause Tim's usually, like I said, he's usually very upbeat and he, he seemed a little bit defeated on that one, unfortunately. Um, but you know, it's only because he cares so much, right? Like, but if you, like, I follow them on social media, the stuff that they have done since yeah. that interview is crazy. Like the systems he's implemented and it all is like weaving itself together. Remember when he said, if someone were to ask me before the pandemic, you know, why isn't this in Toronto or Vancouver or Calgary? Yeah, He'd be like, well, I don't know how to replicate it. And he said, that's probably going to be one of the things that come out of this is like, now I have systems and people and a team. Yeah. So, so that's really cool to think of it at that time. Oh right? yeah. Oh like, yeah. That was, he was in the thick of it. Yeah, he, yeah, but he's a very inspirational guy and just cares, like said, so so much. The amount of programs that he's created for kids and yeah, it's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like I said, and working through this right and all of the new restrictions and yeah, mm-hmm. I always like hearing him speak. There's so many people. I mean, I wish we could go through each one of these. There's, I know. there's all these little one, these little guys and the big guys and everybody in between. And I think that one of the things that I'm really proud about this podcast is like 
it's just a way of documenting these charities, right? So if like in 10 years from now, whatever, we can go back and we can look at all of this and these conversations and see where things are at. I think that's going to be a really cool thing to, to see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, coming into the holiday season, you know, we've got uh, the Christmas Bureau and Santa's Anonymous and the food bank. Those are all like very mm-hmm. important places that we need to kind of focus on right now to some degree. I think Christmas we've all acknowledged is going to be different than it's been in the years past and there may be less gifts and there is going to be probably less people around your kitchen table this year. But I think it's really important to still make those like some lasting memories, you know, big or small or whatever that case may be the, yeah, I think that it's uh, an opportunity to kind of create a little bit more memories that may be a little bit more intimate too. Cause sometimes Christmas gets so busy that you come into January and you're exhausted. You know, this maybe is an opportunity for us to come into January a little bit more recharged. Cause we're not like, there's not so much bustle around the holidays. You don't feel like you have to be all these different places, mm-hmm. right? So it's an opportunity to, to connect deeper with the people that you are in your life. And also maybe to go in, you know, outreach and, and help some people as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's been like if we think back to a year ago compared to now, like in life in general, but just in the concept of this podcast, mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, I know that I've learned a lot personally having these conversations. And I've also, you know, you and I have had some really amazing conversations just off the record. It's kind of like triggered some stuff or like brought mm-hmm. up stuff for us and we kind of get to talk through it together. So I, I think that's been really cool too, is is being able to connect with you even more. Um, so that's, that's been amazing. Well, I think just the growth, right? Because these aren't aren't like tiny topics that we're speaking of. These are real things and people are really going through some of this stuff. And, and as like Edmonton in the seventies was known as the rape capital of Alberta or of Canada. How terrible is that? You know, like that is something that was like, Oh my gosh, like there's like this real, some really heavy stuff that, and I wouldn't have known about it had we not had these conversations. And I, you know, I think I live my life a little bit differently because of some of these conversations that we've had, probably give a little bit more, you know, acknowledge people more, you empathize with people more, you, there's less judgment and all of those things. So I feel really fortunate because I think the growth that's come from having, if, if you aren't going to grow by having these conversations, then <laughs> we shouldn't be doing this, you know? Um, but yeah, I feel, I'm, I'm grateful that people have been so open with us and willing to share you know their hearts and and their stories and their experiences and um and yeah there's just a lot of awesome people in the city and I think we're we're pretty lucky that they're you know willing to give us their time to have these um conversations with us totally yeah totally I can't wait to have more in 2021 sounds crazy I know I know so Thank you guys for listening and um, we hope you guys enjoy this because it, it really is a big part of who we are and to be able to express it in this platform is as I think has been really amazing. Yeah. And if anybody knows, you know, somebody that we should have a conversation with, please yes. reach out to us. Obviously we, uh, you know, know our people and we can kind of, but there's, I'm sure a lot of um, small charities out there are just like, you know, really great people that are giving back that deserve to have a place to kind of um, share their story. And we would love that to be uh, the Love Yeg Show. Totally. Yeah. Happy holidays, everybody. Thank you. If you were inspired by our show, 
please take a moment to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen and share with friends. You can always find show notes at loveyegshow.ca. Keep listening. Keep listening.